This evening, I want, as the Spirit of God shall help me, to deal with the great matter of the separation of God's people from the apostasy. I have been prayerfully and carefully once again studying the Word of God. And I have discovered how much emphasis the apostle laid upon the preachers of his day to proclaim, to practice, and to contend for the doctrine of separation. Now, if you have your testament, would you open it, please, at 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And you have here a wonderful portion of Scripture. And the amazing thing about this Scripture is this that it commences with an exhortation to study the Bible. And it finishes with a similar exhortation to study the Bible. So the man that knows the Word, the man that believes the Word, the man that hides God's Word in his heart, that man will be a separatist. Now, if you look with me at verse 15 of chapter 2, you will find there the great exhortation, study to show thyself approved unto God. And how do you do that? By rightly dividing the Word of God. So the man that's approved unto God is the man that knows the book. Now you come to the end of this great portion and separation, and it ends at chapter 3, verse 13. And then verse 14 says, But continue thou in the things that thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scripture. To this portion of the word lay special emphasis upon the Bible. The only way that we're going to be strong is by the power of the Word of God. And the only way that our ministry can be strong is when it's saturated and soaked and controlled by the Scriptures. Now we have a race of Christians today, and they tell us there's no such thing as the doctrine of separation in the Bible. They tell us you don't need to separate. These preachers that talk about separation, 
They're only schismatics. And God's people don't need to even consider separation. Now, I want you to come down this chapter with me. I was greatly struck with this portion of Scripture this very week as I was studying it privately. Look at verse 16. And this verse commences with the word shun. You know what that word means in the Greek? It means to pull away from and turn your back on. That's a strong word, isn't it? To pull away from and turn your back on. What have I to pull away and turn my back on? Profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth of earth saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. The first thing that you've got to do is to separate from false preaching. And false preachings are profane and being babblings. That's what the Bible calls. On Friday, in our services, a young lady came forward to the platform and she said to me, Mr. Paisley, I have been attending your services. I am a Roman Catholic. And she says, I know that I need to be saved. So we sat down with the Word of God and we led that dear young Roman Catholic lassie to the Lord Jesus. And after she was saved, the first thing that she said, she says, I've got now to quit the Roman Catholic Church. And she said, I'm going to write and tell my home, my parents, my friends, that I'm finished with popery. Just born again. But the Holy Ghost had done the work. Shun, profane, and being bubbling. That what you're doing, my friend? What church did you worship at this morning? Were you at an apostate church this morning, listening to some apostate preacher who's only a vain and profane babbler? Is that where you were? You know, my friend, you've got to be really out and out for God or not on the Lord's side at all. We have got to shun this thing. My, this is a great indictment on Mr. Gillies, isn't it? He says you have to separate to stay in. But the Bible says, pull away from. Turn your back on. Hallelujah for everybody that has pulled away from and turned their back on false preaching. Do you believe this profane and vain babblings, do you? You're not born again of the Spirit of God. You've never been saved by God's grace. And friend, you're believing the profane and vain babblings. Let me tell you something. That these profane and 
being babblings overthrow your faith. The word eats like a canker. And the word there in the original is a cancer. And my friend, the cancer of unbelief will destroy your soul in hell forever. You need God's salvation. So I've got to shun. If that's all it said in the Bible, that would be enough. But you know, there are six exhortations, six exhortations here to separation. You have to separate from being preachings. That's the first one. Then in verse 19, it says, Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Mark that word, depart. You have to separate from false practices. That's the second separation. You know, it's not enough to be separate from apostasy. It's not enough to say, I'll take my stand for Jesus Christ. And then to go and live in the world. And to go and enjoy the pleasures and the sins and the satisfactions and the lusts of the world. God's people have got me to be separated unto the Lord seven days of every week. The man that names the name of Christ has to depart from iniquity. Tell me, my friend, have you departed from iniquity? Underline that word, departed from iniquity. That word, depart, has within it the meaning of entire, complete separation. The Christian who is in the world brings dishonor to the name of Christ. And my friend, this church of ours will only be strong for God and it'll only do a work from, for God when its communicant saved membership are a separated people. The people are able to point to them and say there goes a man who has departed from iniquity. There goes a woman who has complete separation from the world. And there should be something different about the Christian. <coughs> There should be something different about the outlook of a Christian. There should be something different about the home of a Christian. There should be something different about the business of a Christian. And you young ladies in the congregation suffer a word from an old father. There should be something different about the dress of a Christian. Yes, sir. We need, my friend, today to have the marks of holiness on the whole character. This is not a very popular subject. Of course, I'm not a popular preacher anyway, so that will not worry us too much. But this is important, isn't it? You see, you have to separate from false preachings. You have to separate from false practices. Look at the third thing. If a man therefore purge himself from these, you have to separate from false persons. That's what the psalmist said, I will not know an evil person. 
He said, the wicked shall not abide in my heart. You know, there's a separation that you've got to do. I can't do it for you. Now, the Lord can't do it for you, but I can do it for myself, and you can do it for yourself. Look at this. If any man purge himself, here's something I can do. And I'm called upon to separate from false persons. I have not to make companionship with men who blaspheme the Lord's name and deny his truth. I've got to know separations from false persons. There's a great difference, you know, between isolation and separation. Let me emphasize that. The monks and nuns, they practice isolation. And they put up great walls. I think sometimes the walls are put up to keep them in. They say the walls are put up to keep us out, but who would want to go in there? A nunnery or a monkery anyway. Only a fool would want to go in there anyway. But they, uh, they, um, they put up these walls. They're isolationists. I'm not an isolationist. I've got to go and mingle with man. But my friend, I've not to go into association with man in their evil practices. I've not to line up with the devil's agents in an evil thing. I've not to do that. I'm called upon to live among men. I thank God for every opportunity to witness to man, to stand up for Christ. I'm telling you this morning, when I was coming back on the plane, I was sitting beside a, a dear man. He was coming over here with this good lady on his honeymoon. And, you know, I got talking to that man, discovered he had been a Christian when he was 18 years of age. He was a backslider. His mother was a Christian. His sister was a Christian. And my, it was a great thing. You know, you have to sit six hours beside that person, and they can't get away. So you have the person for six hours. But I'd love to have Professor Barkley in a seat on a jet airplane. I wouldn't be. My, that would really be good. Or Donald Gillies. And they couldn't get away. That was it there, and there was no other seats in the plane either. Every seat was taken. So you have six hours to preach the word. Great. And then when I got into London and was waiting for the plane, there was a fellow from Dublin came up to me with a broad Irish accent. He said, you're Mr. Paisley. I said, the one and only. And he said, uh, he said to me, he said, I want to talk to you. I'll talk to you. So he sat down. He wanted to discuss politics. But I really got him on the sin question. He says, well, I don't want to talk to you about sin. He says, I want to talk to you about Dublin and Belfast. He says, I, friend, what good would it do you and me talking about Dublin and Belfast? We'd never agree anyway. But I said, what about your eternity? Oh, he says, I'm an atheist. I said, I don't care. You're still a sinner. And we started to show that man how that you must have law. I said, you must have law. He says, I agree. You must have law. Well, I said, what happens if you break the law? Well, he says, you've got to be punished for it. Well, I said, that's just exactly what the Bible says. Sin is lawlessness. And I said, you told me the other minute ago you weren't a sinner at all. And now you tell me that there is such a thing as lawlessness. So I said, said to him, you are a guilty old sinner, you know. That's what you are. And my, we had a great time, and he was so interested that he ran after me and wished me a sea of journey. And when you get a Dublin atheist wishing you a safe journey, I think you're going places, aren't you? 
Ah, my friend, there is a great difference between separation and isolation. This Bible knows nothing about isolation, but this Bible knows everything about separation. I have to separate from false preaching. I have to separate from false practices. I have to separate from false persons. Look at verse 22. I have to separate from false passions. Flee, youthful lusts. And if there ever was a day when God's people need delivered from the passions of this age, it's today. This is an evil age, you know. I'm very glad to say that that book that was published by Ornsfield was withdrawn. That was a filthy book. You know, in that book put out by a school, Jesus Christ was called a bastard. You think of it. And it was draw withdrawn. And as my wife pointed out to the education committee that this was a disgrace, so it was, that a book published with your money as a taxpayer and a ratepayer should call your Lord such a filthy name. We're living in an evil day, you know. And God says God's people should separate from false passions. And we've got to ask God to give us purity of eye. Because all around us are the suggestive temptations of the devil today. You know, I don't know what the coming generation's going to be like. Because the TV and the radio and the press and the advertising hoardings are all stained and soiled and scarred with damnable sin. God says you have to flee youthful lust. You have not to be caught up in the snares or the ungodliness of this age. God's calling us to purity. And as this church stands for these things, you know it's not popular to stand for these things. You could build a church of all the old strange characters of the world and you could have a big church. I had a dear friend of mine and he was called to a church. And he said to me, he said, Ian, you know what my church was? He says it was a filthy nest of every unclean bird. I said, what do you do? He said, I started and put them out. He said, the first sermon I preached, I preached on purity of life, and the secretary resigned. The secretary resigned. I know who the secretary was. He was the most immoral man in the town. So he quit. And the denominational biggies sent word to my friend. And they said to him, get him back. Because he gives good checks to the missionary work of the church. So that my friend said, well, let's have a meeting. And he says, let him come. And he says, I'll come and you'll come. And he says, I'll bring you the evidence. But the meeting never took place. And then he preached the next sermon. And the treasurer got mad. Yes. The treasurer had a public house on his ground. And when the preacher preached against the damnable curse of liquor, the treasurer got mad. And then he said to me, everybody got mad. Everybody. You know, friend, it's a good thing to be faithful. To be faithful. 
And I have prayed my God that God will make me a faithful minister. And as far as this church is concerned, we're against the sins of this age. And we're not going to soft pedal on the issues of purity and separation of the life and homes of God's people. We've got to stand true to God. And we'll be misunderstood and will be called Puritans and narrow people. Man said to me one day, Mr. Paisley, you're very narrow. I said, thanks for the compliment. I'm on the narrow way, brother. I'm on the narrow way. It's a good thing to be narrow, you know. Have the vision of the Lord. So you have to flee from youthful lusts. That's false passions. Look at verse 23. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing that they do gender strife. You have to separate from false propositions. You know, there's a whole lot of people going around evangelical churches with foolish and unlearned questions. And they start fights over little minor details of some sort of theology. It's more like a codology when you hear them speak about it. And I know churches in this very city and their ministry is gone because they're discussing points of doctrine that gender strife. I have to separate from false propositions. I have not to be occupied with men's interpretations of the book. I have not to be occupied with some private little interpretation that some man discovered in some portion of scripture. He didn't discover it, but he read it into it most likely. I'm not to get on like that. I know churches in this city. And one man told me, he says, you know, we have a great Bible class in our church. I said, I'm glad to hear it. He says it's a discussion, an open discussion. I said, that's wonderful. I said, does it go on long? Oh, he says, it goes on long. I said, is it lovely? Oh, he says, sometimes we nearly fight. He says, the other night a brother was going to take off his coat to another brother. I said, it's most profitable, isn't it? My, I used to have a conversational Bible class when I was a young stripling of a preacher, but I caught myself on. No conversational Bible classes. People trying to t say things about the Word that are not there. You have to avoid them, friend. You have not to get caught up in minor strives. I know people in this city are splitting hairs on prophecy and the whole world's going to hell and they wouldn't come to a prayer meeting or they never shed a tear for lost souls. This is what this means. You have to avoid these questions of strife. Avoid them. Foolish and unlearned. And then look at verse 5. There's the last one. From such turn away. And that's to do with false preachers. You have to separate from false preachings. Shun profane and vain babblings. You have to separate from false practices. Depart from iniquity. You have to separate from false persons. Purge yourselves from these. You have to separate from false passions. Flee also youthful lusts. You have to separate from false propositions, avoid foolish and unlearned questions, 
I'm sure to uh, separate from false preachers from such. Turn away. Those are strong portions of the word. Tell me, have you obeyed them? Are you a hearer or a doer of the book? I'm finished, friend. And I want to say a little word to every sinner in the meeting, to every man and every woman in the meeting that doesn't know Christ as their Savior. Let me say this to you. You need to shun the suggestions of the devil tonight, and you need to close in with Christ freely offered to you in the gospel. Will you come to him tonight? Will you trust him tonight? Will you cast yourself upon him now for Jesus' sake? My wife was telling me on the phone to the states of a dear man, a Methodist, a businessman. He went out to the tent, came under conviction of sin, and he came to our home on Friday. And he asked for me, and he says, When will Mr. Paisley be home? He says, I want to see him urgently. My wife said, Are you troubled? He says, Yes, I'm troubled about my soul. And she had the great joy of bringing him in and pointing him to Jesus. My friend, you can meet Jesus Christ tonight. May the Lord help you to meet him now. Let's bow our heads. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, the service will be over just in a moment. I just want to give an invitation. Sinner friend, if you want to come to Christ, I'm here to help you. Backslider, if you want to return to the Lord, I'm here to help you. Will you return to him now? Will you trust him now? Will you receive him now? Will you believe on him now? May the Lord help you to come. Just a very brief appeal this evening. If there's a man or woman, a boy or girl in this service, and you'd like to come to Christ now, I wonder, would you just lift your hand quietly above your head? Yes, let's see it tonight. You'd like to come to Christ. All right, will you come now? Let me see your hand anywhere in the meeting. Is there a soul for Christ here? A backslider who wants to be restored. All right. Lift your hand now. Yes, just do it now. Just let me see it. We'll be glad to point you to Christ. Father, bless the issues of this meeting and grant that this word may have a fact in our hearts. Help us to hide it in our hearts that we might not sin against thee. Hear this our prayer. For Christ's sake, amen.